Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Joaquin Guzman, better known as El Chapo, former leader of the Sinaloa cartel, one of the biggest and most notorious Mexican drug lords, drug lords, period, was found guilty today in a Brooklyn courtroom of a total of 10 counts, marking the end of what's been quite a saga. Here was U.S. Attorney Richard Donahue making the announcement earlier today. Minutes ago, a federal jury here in the Eastern District convicted Joaquin El Chapo Guzman Loea on all counts of the federal indictment. In sum, the jury found that Guzman led the Sinaloa cartel, one of the largest and most dangerous drug cartels in the world, and that he's responsible for violence, including murders, and the smuggling of massive amounts of narcotics into the United States over a period of decades. This conviction, we expect, will bring a sentence of life without the possibility of parole. It is a sentence from which there is no escape and no return. This conviction is a victory for the American people who has suffered so long and so much while Guzman made billions pouring poison over our southern border. This conviction is a victory for the Mexican people who have lost more than 100,000 lives in drug-related violence. This conviction is a victory for every family who has lost a loved one to the black hole of addiction. There are those who say that the war on drugs is not worth fighting. Those people are wrong. Every day we lose American lives. Every day harm is inflicted on this country by drug addiction. And every seizure, every arrest, and every conviction contributes to a noble effort to save American lives. All right. Well, joining us to talk more about the verdict, about the trial, uh, and about uh, the legacy of this notorious drug lord. Very pleased to welcome to the program Douglas Century. He is co-author of the book Hunting El Chapo, the inside story of the American lawman who captured the world's most wanted drug lord, Douglas. Great to have you with us here. Welcome back to the program. Always happy to talk to you in Calgary, Rob. You know, it was interesting. The jury took its time. You know, they, they actually came back. They wanted to clarify a few things. So they spent a few days deliberating this. I think some people were starting to wonder what that might mean. But any surprise that they've come back with a guilty verdict? No, I, I think most informed observers thought he would be found guilty. Uh, the um, charge sheet was so complex that I think they had to clarify a lot of things. But, I mean, yeah, he's been found guilty of, of, of 10 charges and all the things that you'd expect, and he's looking at life in prison. Right, and that that's obviously where he's going to go from here. It was interesting, I was reading today, just how tight security was at the courthouse prepping for this verdict. I mean, even still, yeah. that he's been captured, he's uh, he's locked up, he's on trial. I mean, he's still El Chapo. There's still that, that concern, isn't there? Well, I think there's a bit of hype surrounding that. I mean, given that he's escaped from prison, the the jurors were being escorted by marshals every day. Uh, there's no risk, I think, that he would break out. But they, you know, I read yes that the courthouse was being prepared for an active shooter situation. But I uh, I think some of that is just uh, an excessive precaution on the part of the government, given given the legend of the man as uh, the he doesn't have gunmen in New York City. Yeah, if this trial was in Mexico, I think it's great risk. Great risk. 
to the jurors, to the judge, to everybody. But the judge, the, this was the United States, and, and Chapo no longer has the power that he did uh, when he was on the loose. Yeah. Well, and look, I mean, the prosecution was very thorough, not taking any chances in this case. And so it was three months of testimony, more than 50 witnesses. Uh, and, and it was pretty wild at times. I mean, it illustrated just how, how brutal uh, El Chapo and his reign was, just what a dark and twisted man he really is. But it, it, it laid it all bare, didn't it? Oh, it was chapter and verse of the most disturbing um, allegations of torture, torture murders, uh, things that didn't come up in the trial, but which were revealed, which wrote, wrote about in the book. I mean, he, he had a predilection for raping underage girls. I mean, the, the yeah. myth of the man as a Robin Hood and as a sort of uh, noble, in a weird way, a noble narco trafficker, he really is an unsavory, um, you know, what, what you expect of the, of the, the drug lords. He's an unsavory human being and, um, there were graphic descriptions of him personally involved in torture murders. Now, of course, the people he murdered were other narco-traffickers, and they were, you know, singed with uh, irons and, you know, brutally beaten. One was buried alive. So there were things that came out at the trial that were just horrifying. And I think it's it's punched a hole in any kind of myth of him as uh, the Netflix kind of guy. <laughs> it just seems like, you know, some of these gangsters you see that... Scarface yeah. uh, mythology—it's—it's it's not real. I mean, he's, uh, a guy like Chapo Guzman is a very, very unsavory, scary person. So to find him guilty, I thought it was—it did take a while, but they were being very, very thorough. I think the jurors took their job seriously, and the government proved its case. Right, and this is not the kind of thing you want to cut corners on. Obviously, you want to do it right the first time, and and make sure that uh, you you know you, you don't overlook anything. Yes, exactly. Um, so I think the the lesson is uh, law enforcement cooperating, um, the Mexican government working very closely with the DEA and other aspects of the American law enforcement, and Canada played a big role in this. I mean, there was much evidence about his this guy Alex Fuentes, who was his, his sort of Colombian connection. Uh, was sort of instrumental in making sure that they, they exploited the Vancouver, I think I've talked to you about this, the yeah. Vancouver connection, and that was all the cocaine across Canada was, was Chapo. So, um, yeah, I think they, the government did, a, did an excellent job, and they really, they kind of laid it on pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People were wondering if it, was, if it was overkill, and then his defense was 30 minutes. After weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, it ended up being 30 minutes. So, um, yeah, I think it's been, um, it's been a victory for law enforcement and it's certainly a kind of a dent in the, in the, in the narco mythology. Well, and you, uh, you mentioned one of the witnesses uh, at the trial. I mean, uh, Alex Cifuentes was the one who, who had claimed during his testimony that, that El Chapo had paid a hundred million dollar bribe the former president of Mexico. We, we know that El Chapo had a lot of powerful connections. We know that there were a lot of politicians being bribed, but I mean, had you heard that claim before? Um, bribery being endemic in the Mexican system was no news to me. That dollar figure was enormous, $100 million. Uh, but like in our book, Drew Hogan and I, we, we saw uh, texts of senior military men being, play, being paid by a guy named Damaso Lopez um, in the millions and millions of dollars a year, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars every month. So you figure out that... They were spending probably 
amounts of money like that. Uh, of course, the, the presidents of Mexico have all denied everything, mm-hmm. but and it's pretty salacious allegations. I I don't think any of that will ever be proven. But it it did actually didn't surprise me. Just a hundred million dollars. If they had said ten million, I probably wouldn't have watched yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, look, I mean, you know, El Chapo was taken down. Now, the cartels uh, continue. Uh, you know, someone's going to, to rise to fill that spot. But is there or will there ever be anybody quite like El Chapo in Mexico? No, I think that the mythology, there's a guy named Mencho right now who runs the, it's called the Jalisco, uh, Nueva Generation, uh, the new generation of Jalisco. And but he's not going to rise. You know, it took it took Chapo twenty years to establish that level of notoriety, and uh, I think that the you know the 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 sort of mythology of rising from being a little eight year old boy selling oranges on the street and having nothing in your pocket uh, that's you're not going to find another guy of his type I think yeah. he's sort of the ultimate narco we're not you know the, the guy that he was trying to pl- pin that blame on throughout the trial Milo Zambada he's equally powerful he's the co-head of the Sinaloa cartel but he's not a, a name brand he's actually kept his uh, a low profile so um, I think that you'll never see that his like again Trapo has sort of been the ultimate narco well, the story of his takedown is a fascinating one. The book is called Hunting El Chapo, the inside story of the American lawman who captured the world's most wanted drug lord, obviously setting the stage for today's significant conviction. Douglas Century, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. I appreciate you having me, Rob. Thanks so much. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.